Taste of Country Nights with Evan Paul on demand, season two, episode 42 with Jelly Roll. Dude, your CMA speech uh, was out of control, man. That thing was awesome. I'm having my first real viral moment, Evan. It's wild. I've never had like a, I've had moments to get millions of views and were like seen, but I've never had like, this is a viral moment for me. This is craziness. Jelly Roll's career is in full swing right now. And we had about 15 minutes to sit down and chat with him. And it was amazing. This guy is, is one of my favorite humans on earth right now. He is really doing great things, not only for music, but for the world. Just the energy he's putting out there. Here's my full interview with Jelly Roll on Taste of Country Nights on Demand, part of the Town Square Media Podcast Network. <laughs> all right hey so let's jump right in man what what does it say about country music in 2023 that you're the new artist of the year and laney wilson's the entertainer of the year where are we man you know it's hard to even describe i mean first of all let's start with praising laney man i mean i i i pride myself on being a really hard worker i've never seen nobody I, this is what I say to people. I do the stuff that other people in this town won't do. Lainey Wilson does the stuff I won't do. She <laughs> is willing. She is working. I seen her at American Idol in January of this year, Evan. This is a true story. And when I seen her, I could tell she was a little frazzled. And I was like, you okay? She just pulled up. She was running late. She was like, man, I had to wake up at 5 o'clock this morning to catch a flight and had a layover such and such for five hours. She said, and I leave here and I got a 4 a.m. flight tomorrow to do a corporate show at 3 in the afternoon. And then I fly to another city to do Luke Combs. These were commercial flights. This girl was running on fumes. I mean, it's in her work ethic is next level. So really, really, really proud of her. And I think me being uh, the new artist of the year, I don't know what it signals to country music as much as I know what it should signal to people that are out there dreaming of being in music is that it's never truly too late. and that. It can happen for you at any time if you put in the right amount of work. Um, I saw you were sitting next to Zach Bryan. Are you guys going to get together at some point and do something? I tell you what, I sure hope so. But we didn't talk about recording music, but I can promise you we're going to be friends the rest of our lives now. I mean, we sat out there and partied, dude. We kicked it. We sat, we talked through every performance, not like through it, but just about it. I mean, it was really cool. There came a moment where I felt like him and I were tailgating outside of a college football game watching bands in the parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Uh, I'm telling you, dude, it was awesome. I looked under our seats and I had a bunch of empty tequila glasses. He had a bunch of half drinking beers. I mean, it looked like like we were at a real concert. Anyone fire one up? I, I was hitting the pin the whole time. Had a boy. He was like, I'm not um, getting goofy with you tonight. He did not hit the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, so at what point during the opening performance at the CMAs did you realize that something was happening with Winona? Because like I, I saw like you tried to pull away at some point, but you saw you know like at what point were you like, what's going on? You know, I just I could feel it in 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 how she was standing there that something was off with her, but I just couldn't tell what it was. You know what I mean? I couldn't tell if she was dealing with some ear stuff, like some inner ear stuff or some, you know, I just couldn't tell, but I knew that uh I knew that it was also another part of it is and I hadn't talked about this yet is that when we rehearsed it the couple times we did, there was a moment in there every time where we would touch each other's arm anyways because we wanted to make it a point to make sure that it was like a connected performance, you know? But um 
Yeah, I think she was fine. I think she was just extremely nervous, and there, it was a big moment. It was a big moment for all of us. Yeah. Winona's fine, though. Just for the record, I talked to her again the other day, like, on some super clear stuff. She is the most clear-thinking, clear-spoken, aware of what's happening in life human I've dealt with in the music business. For somebody who's been in it as long as her and been through what she's been through, I'm mind-blown at how sharp she is. That's good to know. Wow, okay. Yeah, she's a legend, man. Okay. She's a legend, dude. Complete OG. And then, like, you also, when you were performing uh, with Kate Michelle, you seemed to step back and let her maximize her moment. Who did that for you at some point? You know, you know who taught me that recently was Eric Church. So when I, I was I was on tour with Eric Church. Now I've always believed in stepping back and letting people have their moment, but Eric is really good at letting every person on that stage, when it's their moment, he gets out of the way and lets them have their moment. And whenever I would come up and sing with him, the couple times I was blessed to come on stage with Eric, I mean, he would get as far back from me as possible. You know, and I thought that was just really tasteful of him. But uh I told Kay Michelle at the beginning of the night, I said, look, you got to close this house down. I open this, I open this church up. You got to close it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's how I felt. I felt like we went to church at the CMAs. I was like, I open this church up. You got to close it. I, I got us worshiping. I got people on their knees and clapping. You need to get them on their, you, I mean, I got them on their hands clapping. You need to get them on, on their feet clapping. You need to get them on their feet crying. And she was like, I got you. And I told her then, I was like, I'm an accessory piece here. I'm staying out of your way. (laughs) That was great, man. That was great. Um, You've been pretty honest about your mental health struggles. Were you able to 100% enjoy last week, or was there some part of you that listened to the Dow? I got a little bit weird this weekend after it all settled down, full disclosure. But uh, in the moments, man, I was there. I've never been more present during anything. I mean, even like – the CMTs and the ACMs, I was still so new to the award show concept that the nerves were so bad I couldn't actually be present. Like, instead of watching the show, I'd be out there fidgeting, thinking what I was doing or what it was somebody watching me, you know, where this was totally different, man. This was like, I told my wife, it felt like a date night and a homie hang all night. You know what I mean? It was that cool. <laughs> I looked up yeah. in the dressing room at one moment before, this is a cool moment, before they called for male vocalist of the year. Somebody keeps, my tour manager keeps coming back like, you got seven minutes to get to your seat, five minutes to get to your seat. And I looked over and in the dressing room, I was talking to Cody Johnson and Luke Combs, and we were three of the five nominees for male vocalist of the year. So finally, when my tour manager came back around, my manager goes, hey, man, when they come get Cody Johnson or Luke Combs, we'll leave. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and I thought, I was like, man, what a crazy moment that this is where we're sitting right now. (laughs) That's so cool, man. That's so cool. Um, I saw you post it on your story. Uh, another artist, I believe it was Dylan Marlowe, listens to your CMA speech uh, before he goes on stage to hype himself up. I thought that was cool. That's crazy. Like, I thought, I think, like, you should make a song out of that or put a beat behind <laughs> it or something like that. that. They're trying to get me to sell T-shirts right now. It's um, <laughs> I'm having my first real viral moment, Evan. It's wild. I've never had, like, a... I've had moments to get millions of views and were like seen, but I've never had like, this is a viral moment for me. This is craziness. Shout out to Dylan though. I thought that was cool as hell. Yeah. I mean, what's that mean to you that that's going to be like the future? Like people are pulling up this speech. Like, I mean, I'm, 
I mean, it gives me goosebumps. I've heard it 10, 15 times. And every time it's like, <laughs> like every time it's like, <laughs> like, like, why does that make you feel that you are hitting that with people? I just would have never guessed it. I just would have, I wasn't, I didn't think I'd win. I thought Zach Bryan had had such a killer year between him and Parker. I thought that uh, I didn't really have a chance. So I was just kind of sitting there chilling, and when they called me, I was walking up the steps, and I was like, you better figure this out, man. This is big. You know what I'm saying? I was like, you better think about this. And I knew I had 60 seconds because you look up, and it's going 60, 59. Yeah. It was awesome, dude. It was good. Uh, describe the post-CMA after parties. Uh, who was there? What was happening? Oh, you should have came. Man, we partied, dude. It was cool. We, uh, Me and Laney threw our own party. We were. I was like, look, because every other awards show, I went and did the rounds. You know, I went to everybody's party, and I was like, I just want to sit somewhere and get stoned. So Miranda Lambert let us use her bar, and I sat up on the balcony of the Casa Rosa, and we had a ball. Cane's or uh, chicken uh, catered it. We had an enchilada bar. We had Cane's chicken. Uh, Al Dean and Brittany came through, which I thought was really cool. Kelsey and Chase came and hung out. Um, TJ Osborne came. I'm sure none of these people mind me telling this. I hope not. Big name drop right here. Catch them. I'm just throwing them everywhere. Big name drops. Um, it was cool, man. I can't even remember. I mean, it was so many artists that came through and said hello. It was it was really flat. That's so dope, man. Uh, after watching your documentary earlier this year, it seems like the success you're having now is like far beyond the scope of anything your family dreamed of growing up, you know, around here in Antioch. Can your mom and your brothers even process, like, what is happening? You got Grammy nominations, CMAs. Can they process this? Dude, it's – no, I I was texting my brothers about it the other day, and I think every time we've hit a level on this, we've assumed that it was the – you know, that it was like, this is it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. This is the final boss. You know what I'm saying? We're here now. This is the final boss. And then we unlocked like this eight the CM uh the CMAs to me was unlocking a new level. And in that moment it was like my brother texted me, Roger, my oldest, and my group brother text thread with my sister and said, New level unlocked. And I was like, this one's wild. I was like, cause I'd never really had a viral moment. And I was like, dude, I'm getting hit from I was catching up on messages last night in my DMs on different social platforms. And I mean, like, real A-list celebrities, like 30, 40, 80, 100 million Instagram followers celebrities hit me up, shoot me their phone, and were like, yo, this speech is crazy. Didn't know you were a human. Love, need a favor. Save me's awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like, <clears throat> Son of a Sinner's coming back around right wow. now. Wow. That's how much of a moment this is. I looked, and Son of a Sinner was like number 28 on the iTunes charts yesterday or something like that. Wow. This is awesome, dude. I'm, I'm so pumped for you, man. It's a moment, dude. I got an analytic the other day that they think that video has been seen more than like 80 million times wow and what something that's like magical about you is like you seem to always remember every little detail about people you make them feel like they're you've met them before and how are you able to do that as the fame keeps getting bigger and bigger you know it's funny man especially the music business is the music business is 30 million people trying to meet 300 people 
And that's that's part of why it's some people are like, how do you remember everybody in the music business? I'm like, there's only 400 of us. What are you talking about? It's like a, it's like a you know a small high school. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't super hard to figure out who was who, you know, and figure out who everybody was. And I've just always been. I got a really good long term memory. I, the weed fucks with the short term memory pretty tough, but the <laughs> long term memory is pretty great. <laughs> What's Christmas looking like this year for you and the fam? Insanity. The year I've had, dude. You get a car. You <laughs> get a car. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. We're just gonna bless a bunch of people. It's gonna be cool as shit. <laughs> What's the most outrageous gift you've ever gotten someone for Christmas before this? Probably a car. Wow. Who got that? Um, Family. I, I buy somebody in the family a car every Christmas and have for like the last five or six. Okay. You know, it's just kind of like a benevolence thing. We just look at, assess which one of the younger family needs something the most. Like sometimes we pay somebody's rent off for a year or, you know, stuff like that. Dude, you're like Elvis, man. Yeah. Well, dude, it's important, man. We give away so much money and do so much philanthropy outside of our households. And our family, that it's important to make sure that we sprinkle that, you know, that's the other catch of philanthropy, right? Is that you can't be out here donating, you know, million dollars a year to different causes and then you got a niece that don't have a car. <laughs> yeah, you know I guess what I mean? you're right. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know. um, A couple more here. Uh, I know your daughter's been on stage before. Are, would y'all ever consider recording something together? Yeah, yeah. We've recorded a couple of older songs together. She wants to do a new one too. I just got to get her in there writing more. Cause my deal is I won't I won't cut nothing with her that she doesn't write on, and I just got to find time to get her to write. But Jesse Joe Dillon, who's also nominated for a Grammy, has been kind of like mentoring her. Oh, cool! That's dope. Uh, finally, how's Bunny's dad's doing? You know what, man? Bill is kicking, dude. Thanks for asking, Evan. You're probably the only person who cares about that today, and that means a lot. Um, Bunny's dad's doing 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 well. He's sick, and. Um, I hate to say it this honestly, he's clearly in what is the last phase of his life, you know, but he's doing a lot better now that he's here. Bunny moved him here. She's getting him all kind of help, found him a new chain of doctors, a lot of different, uh, you know, she's, she's got she's got a l- enough resources to do a lot to try to help him. So he's he's holding his head up really high. Atta boy. Well, good, man. I'm, he's kicking ass, boy. Yeah, so are you, dog. Yes. Hey, <laughs> got, good looking out, man. Thank you so much for taking time, brother. Love you, brother. I can't wait to come through the office, man. I'm going to talk to Ellen about it, man. we got to get back over there, dude. All right, let's bring in Billy Dukes from behind the scenes to take a look at this uh, interview here with Jelly Roll. I struggled with where to start with this because there was just like, it was like a cornucopia of, of riches. It was, we were spoiled. Jelly Roll spoils us. I know. And, and he, he always gives us stuff that he, he swears isn't out there yet. Like he's like, I've never told anybody this, but yeah, he gives us like so much content. He just unloads an 18 wheeler of content and drives off. Yeah. I I mean, I was a little bit, <laughs> I mean, the, tr- the behind the scenes sort of trick to this is sort of organizing what he says in like headlines and you can't roll out too much because then it kind of waters everything else down so like trying to figure out what's a social media video and what's an editorial article and what's a youtube video and what's just going to be audio for the radio show and the podcast it's like really kind of have to i mean it's it's a good problem to have yeah i mean the thing i love about it is that you guys are the best at keeping all that i just talk to the people because i don't know (laughs) it's it's so stressful after i do the interview to like even think about 
what would be a headline. You know, I I pass it off to that part of the factory, and you guys really knock it out of the park. Because yeah, this there's so many different things, and it's hard. Because after these interviews, you, you know, uh, the Taste of Country team, you know, they'll be like, you know, what'd you get out of it? And I'm like, man, I feel like he dumped everything on us, and uh, he's just he's the coolest guy, man. I can't believe what he does you know for people and his philanthropy and just how he remembers everybody and he's just something else what was the number one thing you wanted to ask him about or the thing that you wanted to know going into this because i mean there were, he had last week he had a, a ton of things that happened to him but like what was tops on your list I wanted to know, like, what he knew about Winona, uh, you know, her health and whatnot, you know, when he was bringing her out. I thought that was interesting because we all saw, you know, him, her holding on to him when he was performing. And I wanted to know his perspective. Like, was he like, uh, you know, hey, I, was she like, hey, this is going to happen. I need you to help me. Or, you know, so I thought that was interesting hearing his side of it. He didn't really find out anything was wrong and she was nervous until we kind of did, and he kind of went with it. You know, I, I think that was whole. That was cool, and the whole story about how he got her there on the private jet. Like, I just, I thought that was uh, that was my favorite part. Jelly Roll strikes me as a guy, and I think we all know people like this who, like, no matter what kind of compliment you give them, they're always going to deflect it a little bit. And let me, let me give you an example. <laughs> like you. You know, um, you asked him about, like, not only, like, being there and supporting Winona, but kind of making sure Kay Michelle got her chance to shine and stepping back and she got her moment. And that was a really kind of a cool thing he did. And he turned that on Eric Church and how Eric Church did that for him and and almost took himself out of the spotlight in that comment. And really, that's kind of a cool Eric Church story that he shared there. Yeah, and you don't really get to hear that perspective of it as a, from a performer. Like, I know just going to concerts, I never think about that. I'm never like, oh, at the end of the show, I wouldn't have been like, oh, man, that was really cool of Eric Church to step back and let Jelly Roll. You don't really understand the, you know, at least I don't, you know, and most music people, I would say, fans don't really understand the perspective of that, the fundamentals and everything. So seeing, uh, hearing his perspective on that and how, you know, he passed it off to Eric Church. That's that's really cool how Church did that for Jelly Roll. And he's, you know, kind of paying it forward now for, like he did with Kay Michelle. I would ask Laney Wilson kind of a variation or almost the same question you asked him. Like, like when you win these awards, if you're a well-balanced human being, like it probably like just kicks in the imposter syndrome into overdrive. Like you start to feel like you're being clowned or you're, you're not really worthy and... You can really, I don't know, I'm just putting myself in those shoes. Like, I feel like I would really go deep into my emotions and my doubt. And it sounds like that's something that happened to Jelly Roll after the dust sort of settled on winning this and having this moment. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like it extended into when he won, uh, got nominated for a Grammy like a couple days later, you know, and he really broke down on social media. I I just think, uh, I think back to the first time I interviewed him, I remember when he came in here and he was like, I'm about to bust the door down in country music. Now, I'm not just putting a foot in. I'm jumping in, Bubba. And, you know, and then to see him holding the up the CMA award, that wasn't that long ago that he no. w- was predicting that. So it's like, it's crazy to me how you could see how the hard work pays off. And people got to remember, this guy was a rapper. 
for like his whole life, you know, and he almost like just discovered in a back alley that he can sing. You know, when you rap, you don't sing unless you're right. Drake, you know, so it's like he just kind of realized that he could. I mean, everything has happened so fast. It's just crazy. Yeah, that moment you talk about, that was, I think, 18 months ago, if I'm not mistaken. And and like he said, he wanted to, you know, he wanted to be in the Country Music Hall of Fame. Like that was his goal. And you sort of contrast that sort of bluster, I guess, for a lack of better word off the top of my head. But when the things actually start to happen, like he's a totally different human being. Like, I think that's when, like, you start to see the contrast on who he is. He's like, oh, crap, I did it. Dude, there's deserve it. Yeah, you know there's something about Jelly Roll. I tell you, man, I, I swear, if he doesn't put out another song, I, I just think he's gonna go down in history. Like, I, I mean, I joked about it in the interview. I was like, you're like Elvis. Like, he's doing those things that a leader like Elvis did. Like he, he's seeing a lady at the store that can't buy her groceries. He's buying them. He's buying his family cars. Like. He's putting forth. He wants to make sure that the his toy drive for Christmas is the biggest news of anything, more than his career. Like this guy is doing things that are bigger than country music, and I think that it's gonna it's gonna show. I mean, I mean, I gotta admit, when he was like, "I'm gonna be in the Country Music Hall of Fame," I I was like, "Okay, you know, like me too, you know." <laughs> but like. Dude, he probably will be, man. I mean, I know it's too early to talk about, but I'm just saying, he's got something that you can't teach. What do you think that after party was like? Him, Laney, oh, man. up at Miranda Lambert's bar, Aldine's there, TJ yeah. Osborne's there. Uh, <laughs> I bet everybody was just having a good time, just old school, sitting around watching people party. You know, he's mentioned he just wanted to sit there and just relax. You know, and I think that I think all of them were doing that just because they always are the center of the party. So I think they got to enjoy being the what the party was for. I think he's the first person I've ever heard admit that he blazed up in some sort of way at the at the actual CMAs, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought that was cool. Maybe he was talking about smoking weed uh, at Miranda's bar. So, I mean, you know, a- Andy said that uh, uh, he offered Zach Bryan uh, to hit the pen, but he was like, no, nah, I'm not getting crazy. I-, I just think I think it's great. It's a breath of fresh air. You know, there, there's a guy I can't really put my finger on is Zach Bryan. Like, like he, like Jelly Roll, Jelly Roll and Zach Bryan both having this tremendous success on the rock charts and on the country charts, and they're sitting next to, next to each other at the CMAs, but they couldn't have entered the room any differently. Like, Jelly Roll came in that big old black Lincoln, I think it was, and it all yeah. dialed up on the red carpet and did the whole deal, and he has the most viral moment. Zach Bryant literally looked like a seat filler. If you didn't know yeah. what the guy looked like, you would have had no idea that he was even there. Yeah, uh, he's Zach Bryant's got that underground following, man. I mean, we don't... I don't think we play any of his music on the radio yet, and he's very famous. Uh, you know, he's like the, he reminds me of the Dave Matthews Band back in the day. Like they didn't need radio play, and they, they would sell out everywhere. Are you not playing the uh, the Casey Musgraves duet? No, not yet. Okay, you you might soon. It's it's doing decently on the radio charts, and it's doing a, a really really well on the streaming and. Um, uh, the, the sales charts, but I remember everything is the name of it. It's kind of a big ballad, though. So, like, I think kind of like something in the orange. It's 
it's got a little bit of a ceiling. You know, it's just kind of a long sort of ballad that it's going to be a tough one in heavy rotation, I think, to use a radio term. Yeah, I mean, whenever you hit a ballad that's more than three minutes nowadays, everybody freaks out. <laughs> no, yeah. No, you're totally right about that. Um, okay, so real talk, how do we get on Jelly Roll's Christmas list? Yeah, I'd like that car. <laughs> I want to get into that after party. He was like, why didn't you show up? You should have showed up. I'm like, sir, they would not have let me in. <laughs> like, yeah. I want to get on his list. I want to get on his Christmas list. I'm trying to get it. And, and I, when I went home and told my wife about that part, I was like, Jelly Roll buys a, some, a car for someone in his family for the past six years. You know, her first question was my first question. How do you decide who gets it in the family? Like, oh, you're having a bad year. And that's like kind of exactly, it sounds like how they do it. They figure out which niece or nephew, because those are things you don't think about. Like he's out there helping all these kids have a great Christmas. He can't have a niece and nephew that need a car that don't have one. So it's like, you know. Can't can't you though? I feel like you can. Like, I mean, isn't there something to like teaching the niece and the nephew how to pay for their own car? Like. I disagree with Jelly Roll a little bit on this point. Like, there are some things, okay, you got to make sure maybe they have their college money and they're not going to get kicked out of the house. But a car, I think it's all right if they're cruising around in the 2007 Honda Civic with 2,259,000 miles, not to be specific to the kind of car I drive. But, you know, I think that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I get, I see both sides of it. But also, you know, when you're not the, the dad, you're the uncle, why not? Mm. Come in and Uncle Roll, you know? I want to be Uncle Roll. That would be fun to go, you know? Hey, Merry Christmas. Your car's out front. I mean, who wouldn't want to be Uncle Roll? Here's a question for Jelly Roll. And I don't know if anybody's ever asked this. He's only 37, 38. I don't know how old his wife is. She's, I mean, she's kind of a mystery. Like, I don't think Bunny is her birth name. Do you? I wouldn't think so, no. And what does she do? Uh, She's a podcast host. Okay. Yeah, that's her day-to-day profession, but I think she's just, you know, kind of just a... She's famous for a lot of other things beyond that. Um, they Did they ever kick around the idea of having kids? Was that ever something that he wanted? Like, was that in the cards? Maybe she... I, I, don't, know. I don't know how you ask that without... But he's so wide open, I feel like he'd probably answer it. But I don't think anybody's yeah. ever asked him. Yeah, I don't think that's a good question. I'll get in there, man. Yeah, dude, start, start a list for next time because whenever he comes by now, I mean, I feel like he loves us. So I could just say I could get in there a little bit. So add that to the list because <laughs> I want to know that too. You're right. Uh, and I don't know how old she is, but I got to imagine maybe they will. I don't know. So uh, with regards to the pod, we were talking about this before we started here, the podcast here, the guest list. We're going to be pretty loaded here through the next two months at least. I mean, we've been kind of been banking interviews. And we got some artists that are kind of cool to talk to, but maybe not the biggest names, like Shenandoah. Marty from Shenandoah was just a, a ton of fun. Um, and he's going to be on the podcast soon enough. But, like, we actually bumped an episode featuring Dolly and Reba back a week so we could get Jelly Roll this week. So that just is yeah. kind of an explanation of, of what we're dealing with. Um, in terms yeah, of guests I, I, coming up. I never would have thought I'd be saying that. But, yeah, we had to bump Reba and Dolly. We had to bump them. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. Uh, Kenny Chesney, Lainey Wilson is on, on tap. Uh, pretty good conversation with Dustin Lynch. Um, 
And my personal favorite, which I don't think is going to draw as much attention, but the Luke Grimes conversation I thought was really good. And I feel a little bit better about airing that now because we know what's going to happen with Yellowstone and the actor's strike is over with. Oh, okay. Yeah, so good news there. Um, but we got some yeah, heavy just, content coming up. If you want to hit that like, subscribe, and comment, sure. and all that, it's a, it all helps us out. 